This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Can't get enough of the fan in the morning? Shown up. Because this is nothing like that. Working. Alan and Jerry are here with stories they'd never get to cover on the morning show. Very sexy robot. Hey, look at that pig. Shenanigans. Naked yoga. My mother had a bad experience with these ghosts. Let's hump the fence. It's Alan Jerry's post-game podcast. Oh, yes, it is podcast time. Jerry is uh, sunning himself in Miami. Doing uh, Rutgers Miami. He'll be back tomorrow. Eddie Scazzeri joins me on the post game podcast. Oh, hi there, Eddie. Hello, podcast people. Uh, I let people know that you were coming on the podcast today, and uh, a couple of people have uh, thrown out some uh, sort of topics for you. Is this uh, an Ask Eddie anything or not really? I didn't. I, I didn't word it that way. I just said, "Hey, I'm uh, I'm on with Eddie today. If there are any uh, topics you want us to discuss, okay." And, and I actually got this from multiple people, which is interesting. All right, including our friend Nicole. Oh, okay, Christmas. How does Eddie celebrate? Is he an atheist? Mm-hmm. I don't know what I identify as as per religion. I have a very hard time with it, but I love Christmas. The decor, Santa. Then another guy wanted to know. Uh, I just like the way this one guy words it, worded it. So, uh, oh man, oh man. All right, I I don't know. Well, where. do you want me to answer? The, yeah, it's essentially can... the same thing. Uh, it's uh, really asking about uh, since you are uh, not a religious person. How do you celebrate Christmas? Okay, so... Uh, and how do you see Christmas, I guess? Well, okay, I am an atheist, mm-hmm. which most people probably know if they've listened long enough. Now, is an atheist actually a religion, or does atheist mean I have no religion? No religion. Okay. No gods, no masters. You don't believe in sort of a, anything supernatural yeah. as the cause of everything. Um. So... But how do I view Christmas? Obviously, growing up, I was not an atheist, was raised Catholic. and But, you know, I started having doubts early on, first grade. That's a whole other story. But uh, Christmas is sort of, for me, I, I love it. And it's, to me, it's not about the birth of Christ as the Savior of the world and all that. I mean, it's part of the Christmas story and the Christmas narrative, but I treat that like other Christmas stories like Rudolph or Frosty or Santa or what have you, uh, just a whole part of the thing. But, you know, Christmas, the Yuletide, that goes back millennia, people celebrating when the days started to get longer around the winter solstice and the coming of spring and the whole thing. And people were celebrating around that time anyway, the pagans, and the early church decided to have the birth of Christ put around that time, since people were kind of making merry anyway. So let's do that and say Christ was born December 25th. 
when in actuality is probably born in May. If you look at the biblical accounts of the, the nativity, what was going on, just... Uh, we didn't get around to celebrating his birthday till December 25th? Yeah, well, My I mean, goodness. that's when the church, I think it was around the 4th century, maybe, maybe or a little earlier, said uh, that's when it was going to be, that was the date, and then we went from there. Uh, but he was really born in May, based on the stories of what was going on with the, the cattle and the sheep and the manger and the whole thing. So, uh, but the whole Yuletide celebration and the feeling of Christmas, the spirit of Christmas, is one that I believe in and do enjoy, that all the gift-giving and trying to be kind. I mean, I try to be kind all the time, but it's the whole season, the feel of the season I enjoy. I love the songs. I love the even the religious hymns that are uh, about the nativity and Christmas and the the lights and the tree and the whole thing. I'm all in on so all So it's more of like uh, an American holiday. Uh, not not even American. I mean, it was celebrated in Europe for centuries. Um, you know, in maybe in, I guess the, it started to become more what we think about as Christmas, probably in Victorian England. And Dickens was a part of that whole thing with the, A Christmas Carol. And that sort of started this, turning Christmas into a much bigger deal in terms of the celebration for everyone uh, to enjoy and the making it a whole season. And um, a lot of the traditions stem from that time of, uh, you know, a Dickens, A Christmas Carol. So I'm all in on that. And every year I listen to the Unabridged Christmas Carol. Uh, on my book on tape. How long does that take? It's a short, it's not that long. It's only three plus hours, I believe. It's not a long novel, I guess maybe, well, it's not a novella, but whatever. And the, the I had a version that I listened to, uh, Patrick Stewart uh, from Star Trek Next Generation, narrating it, but that was abridged. And then I found a Tim Curry uh, narrated version of, of the unabridged. And it's unabridged about- means not edited? Correct. Like every word that's in the text okay. is read. All right. And uh, yeah, I listen to that um, usually the last week or the last three days of before I go for my Yuletide break. Mm-hmm. So this will be and on your ride in, you might listen? In and out. In yeah. and out. Okay. And it's, I think, yeah, it's about three plus hours. So it takes me about three days to get through it. And uh, yeah, but I do that. I've, I've been doing that every year for a decade. How about that? Yeah. I, I did, I've known you for a very long time. Yeah. I'm not aware of that. Right. It would not be something that would come up. And but here like, it is. Ultimately, who cares <laughs> except me? But right. I don't, maybe Nicole. Thank you. She does. She um, cared. So there you go. Yeah, I'm all in on Christmas. All I right. love the season, love the spirit of it. Perfect. Uh, even though I'm an atheist. Timothy has a good one for you here, mm-hmm. Eddie. I have a take for Eddie, he says. And he says the best moment of any vacation is when you leave work right before it. Mm -hmm. I say the best moment is the first time you look at a clock and realize that you normally would be at work. Um, yeah, no, I disagree. Yeah, disagree. And for me, almost uh, yes, the 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 whole anticipation and yes, I'm done now and all from now on. (laughs) That's like I say. From here on, it's downhill. Right, because that's Friday when you're leaving. Correct. This Timothy's saying, not until Monday when you're supposed to have been at work. 
Yeah, and I no. think you've already ruined two days. Yeah, no, for me, you know, it's 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 that moment when it's about. But but what I enjoy even more, a lot of times than the actual vacation is yeah. the the planning of it. The planning and of the, the vacation. The planning of the vacation and working at the logistics and the timing. I got to drive here. I'm going to do this. We're going to go here. We'll do this. That whole, especially if there's like ferries involved and putting the car in a ferry. And yeah. I, I love all that stuff. You love I like to put a car on a ferry. Yeah. Yes. Sure. And I love vacation planning for whatever reason and researching about an area and getting all there is to know and then. So and and looking at the Google Maps street photos, and you so love like, Google Maps street w- photos. When I go there, it's almost like, oh, okay, I recognize this, and so I I sort of have a good idea of what I'm walking into, and yeah, that's uh, that for me is almost the the, in a way, strangely, more fun sometimes than the actual vacation, the planning of. Yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. Uh, here's one from Nadrod. Okay. Nadrod. Nadrod. Hello, Nadrod. What's uh, Eddie's thoughts on New Jersey traffic yield changes in the circles? Uh, so do you know what happened? I mean, you're, what happened in the circles when you go around in a circle in New Jersey? Yes. It used to be if you were, ent- if you were, they've changed the way, who has the right of way. Okay, because my understanding, yeah. and I still operate this way because that's my understanding. You tell me if I'm wrong or this is now outdated when you're approaching the circle you being outside the circle yield to whoever is in the circle is that that is correct there were certain circles though in new jersey where sometimes the person in the circle would have to yield really and that's been turned around but the problem is because this there's one in wall township that i go through all the time Mm mm-hmm and they've changed. There used to be one of the ways in, you had the right of way, one, another way in, the other per- – like, it was very is, confusing. Is this, like, on the way to when, to, to your home that, like, we're 35? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But they just changed the rule one day. But anyone who travels that circle on a regular basis mm-hmm. is used to doing whatever they were doing. Right. It's caused a lot of chaos. Has it caused accidents? I'm sure it has. Yeah. Yeah, that should not, uh, even if it's sort of, like, my understanding is, like, if you're outside, you always lead, yield to inside. But if there were some that were for years the other way, and now people are just automatically doing it, and that's just what they're used to, that seems without any major flashing signs before it. I think they did, like, a couple months before it was going to switch, mm-hmm. they had the flashing signs. Now they just changed the yield sign. So there are yield signs that tell you to yield if you're going into the circle. Mm-hmm. But once you go around the circle, it used to be when you were in the circle, another lane could come in and they had the right away. Mm-hmm. So there's a, there's a number of them uh, in particular down the shore that are very confusing now. Yeah, well, I was I'm not as familiar except for that one. You yeah, know, I know like from the Flemington Circle and a few others. Yes, but, um, I am very familiar with that one because of. Uh, Stupid reasons, but whatever. Uh, yeah, I was not aware that there this was an issue. Right. Oh, it's an issue. And I would say that maybe some more dramatic signage for a longer period of time, yeah. perhaps three to six months into the chain. Correct. To alert people. Yeah. I expect an accident every time I'm approaching that one. Yeah. I haven't seen them, but I'm sure they happen. Uh, yeah. Because accidents happen everywhere. Right. Well, and also the times 
that you're using and maybe are a little less yeah not traffic, as chaotic especially on, in, when you leave correct that is correct this is a more deeper one here this comes from gino okay does eddie believe all things are material slash proven through only sense experience is he aware of transcendental arguments for god and if so how does he logically refute them and still make sense of his worldview do you understand what that means? I'm not sure I'm I get it. I'm trying to uh, parse that out. Okay, so uh, does he believe all things are material slash proven through only sense experience? Okay, so that there is no... Uh, I, I'm interpreting this yeah. as to mean that there's no supernatural element to... Like he's things. saying that the only things that you believe in are things that you can prove through senses. Yes, I... I Mm, well, so can you believe in something like? Well, I, I will say this: I, I, I can't sense that the universe is thirteen point eight billion years old, but I believe it. I can't sense that there's other galaxies out there. I can't see them, but I believe that they're there. You can't they, sense the world is round, correct? But I do. So, so in that way, I don't know if we're being too literal about mm-hmm. it. Uh, yes, there are things that I accept without really knowing for sure. I've never gone up uh, in a spaceship to see that the Earth is truly round. I mean, I've I've kind of been up high and you kind of see the horizon fading away, but like, do you really know it? So, no, but do I believe it? Yes. So in, in that respect, I'm going to say yes, I do accept things that I can't sense. Mm-hmm. And if he's asking more of, do I believe that there's nothing supernatural or spiritual, uh, and I can't sense it? Do I? I don't really believe that. And I, I think a, a lot of things that people perceive or have perceived as supernatural or magic, given enough time, we will find that there is a logical or physical explanation to all of these things. So. I hope that answers your question. I think question. it does, because he says, is he aware of transcendental arguments for God? I don't know exactly what that means, transcendental arguments for God. Yeah, I, I'm not I, sure of that one either. I don't know exactly that what that means, but hey, if you're listening to this and you can help us ignorant people understand your question better mm-hmm. the next time I'm in, or if uh, Al gives me what you exactly mean, I'll... I'll uh, try to answer it for you. Right. So, yeah. I think that's fair. Okay. Hmm. I'm trying to think where I fall on that, too. I think I'm... Uh, I've never seen... Like, do you, can you be in an airplane and see the curvature of the Earth, or do you have uh, to be high, I, even I, higher I think up? I think you can. Well, and just all, like, when, you know, the story about uh, Columbus was that, you know, he saw the... was looking out to sea... And as a ship would come in, he would just see the sails first before he would see. Oh, okay. So, yes, I believe you can observe the curvature of the Earth from a high enough point. Or if you're at the shore and looking out, you can see things coming up where you can see the tops first and then it comes over the curvature of the Earth. I never thought of it and that And I'm way. sure pilots are who are, if there's any pilots are listening to us, hey, you idiots, of you course you jerks. can see it. You probably, if you go up in the uh, Empire State Building, you can see it. Really? I, I'm sure. But like, you know. It, On a like, good, clear day, right? Yeah. But I, you know, exactly, you know, I, I, I'm i not a scientist, so I don't know for sure. But I, I 
I believe you can see it from a high enough vantage point. I need you to see that uh, series on Netflix, the uh, Ancient Apocalypse. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm somewhat curious about it. Yeah, it's the one uh, where they explain how uh, one guy's theory is that there was a civilization that around the the Ice Age uh, that was also around when hunter gatherers were, were around, but this civilization was technologically advanced. Right. So uh, now I'd have to watch it to find out when they believe the human species evolved. If Perhaps they're putting the um, human species uh, start date maybe earlier. Yeah, I believe they are. So it's about like the max I've heard is about 300,000 years for our species. Um, You know, uh, brain size and all that stuff. Um, But think about how far we've come in the last 100 years. So it's pretty damn far. Technologically, Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, hell, we were communicating the fastest you could communicate was by, you know, railroad or before that ponies or what have you. And now we communicate around the globe at the speed of light. So that's a pretty big jump. And if there were situations where some people theorize that the, you know, the the uh, the Atlantis yeah. myth. Okay. This is, which is covered in this show okay. as well. Well, the, they, the, the historical... A basis of that was the island, I believe, of Manoa, mm-hmm. or the Minoan civilization, which was on Santorini Island in the Mediterranean, which is a big uh, volcanic crater. And that the Minoan civilization civilization was very advanced for its time. And that if that civilization was not destroyed by this volcanic eruption, that perhaps we would have been where we are now technologically a thousand years ago. So do I believe that it's maybe it's possible that like some early human civilizations did advance quickly? Maybe because we're talking about 300,000 years to, you know, to now uh, length of our species and how far we've come in just recorded history, which is like 5,000 plus years. And you're talking about all that time, but the fact that there was the Ice Age, which lasted, you know, a long time and kind of only started receding about, you know, or getting better about 20,000 years ago. Um, by the way, we're still in an Ice Age. This is sort of an interglacial period of the Ice Age because it goes by how much of the Earth's surface is covered by ice. So technically, we're still in an Ice Age because there were times when there was no ice. Is that right? And probably, I would say, the majority of... The Earth's history has been ice-free, but there's just been these ice ages, and we're still technically in an ice age, but we're in an interglacial period. I'd love to get out of the ice age and just warm this place up a little bit more. So, well, you know, your your condo would be underwater, but oh. whatever. Um, well, not that so, much. Then. So, so I'd have to watch this and see how they're presenting the evidence. But for me, that the fact that there was all this ice and things didn't really start opening up, and people could move around and not have such a struggle to survive because it's hard to, you know, come up with the, you know, theory of relativity when you're running from uh, 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 tigers that want to kill you and you can't find any food and all that. So, uh, you know, I'd have to see how they present it on the surface. I would dismiss it as just, you know, another sort of superstitious or crazy theory. I'll have to see how 
they'll they present it and see what they say. But I would also say that there's no evidence left over and no archaeological evidence to support that claim. Although you say maybe they do have some in some of their, like the the pyramids and all that. Yeah, and then they, they have a lot of things from around the world that are buried under pyramids and under structures mm-hmm. that date back much further than originally thought. Mm-hmm. And the episode they did about Atlantis, I, I think there are some archaeologists that don't believe Atlantis is a real thing. Well, I think most people accept the Minoan civilization was a real thing, and then it was destroyed by the volcanic eruption on Santorini Island. Because there's in in one of the episodes, there's a they explore underwater, you know, mm-hmm. through diving, uh, what appears to be a road that went all the way to Atlant. What they think was Atlantis, the Bimini Road. Yeah, in Bimini. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, that was pretty cool. Like it's it's yeah. these blocks that are yeah. Um, yes. you know, rectangular blocks uh-huh. that are really right. There's so many, but like this, I, I saw the Bimini Road episode of In Search of back in the 70s with Leonard really? Nimoy. Yeah, yeah. Oh, they, they definitely did Atlantis back in In Search of. Yeah. Sure. And is this like that where they have like the bad actors acting out? What no. They think? Oh, okay. No, no, no. This, this is um, this is the one host travels to each area and finds an expert who either currently works keeping the the place up you know uh, upkeep with wherever mm-hmm. they're going to visit talks to them about you know what archaeologists uh, believe and there's this theory that this guy has that you know archaeologists don't want to uh admit all of these things because they've already like laid out their groundwork for how everything is. And right. the, the minute they and start like, accepting some things, it throws off their whole yeah. timeline. Uh, and they yeah, don't want they're, that. They're, they're like, you know, I, I did my thesis on this. Yes. No way. I'm right. Aca- right. It's a- I academics. Have this, I have this grant yeah. for eight years for $80,000. In no way I'm giving this up. Yeah. No. Yeah. There's certainly some of that, but uh, yeah. You, yeah. But if, if it's so compelling and so overwhelming, you know, like where, where and why why where's the evidence and and why don't more people accept it you know would be yeah. my question but we also have so many things that we don't have answers for you know sure now but but they don't seem to be looking for evidence like like say oh who, who built the pyramids uh the only answer they have is the egyptians little by little mm-hmm. using a pulley system or something right Which sounds ridiculous it does. Especially when, you know, the hear that the stones came from three towns over and, you know. Right. So they don't want any theories other than that because there's no evidence. Mm-hmm. So it just seems weird. Like then, so then that's, that's it. We just decide, ah, the Egyptians who had no technology built the pyramids. Yeah. But also, I, I don't know if this has ever been theorized as a possible explanation of how you move these stones and all that, um, you know, the truly massive ones, but. I don't know if they had captured and sort of tamed any African elephants or huge oxen and you get a whole team of them. And, you know, that's another possible explanation that they used animal power and not just slave power right. to move these things. Um, you but know, they you, say that it's cut with precision and well, yeah. right. chiseled into... Or again, but you have enough time. They're really into serpents, too, on all of these 
all these different serpents. Yeah, all of these different uh, ancient apocalypse sites that they go to. Oh, have carved serpents. Oh my gosh, there's carved serpents in the mountains, in the walls. Like it's just serpent after serpent. They were really into like giant sea serpents. So something hmm. must have been floating around those waters. <laughs> Perhaps a yes. giant sea serpent. Well, there, you know, there were such things back in uh, back in time. And what's interesting is is and this show is on Netflix, by the way. Ancient Apocalypse. And it's four episodes? Um, It might be seven or eight. Is it's, it a, like a season, multiple seasons? Yeah, it's a, se- a season. A season. He just okay. did one season. Just and it's all out. out. It's done. Yeah. Okay. I think they're only like 40 minutes. They're not They're not an hour long okay. each time. But it's funny after watching many years of ancient aliens, and then these guys go into the same sites, never mentioning aliens at all. And it's all humans. Yeah, and it's like the same... They're looking at the same thing. They didn't have the technology to do this. How to be the aliens? This guy's like they did. They did have the technology to do this. We're not accepting that 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 there was an advanced yeah, civilization. We, we yeah. lost it. We, yeah, but it's amazing over all this time how much stuff is is still around the world mm-hmm. in these really old places. Yeah, and, these, and there's a name for those uh, megalithic sites. Yes, megalithic Let, sites. Uh, yes, that and how they find them, like when they're you know, in, in, in these uh, older lands, older than the U.S., you know, where they're going to build a, you know, build an office building and all of a sudden they find an entire city <laughs> under right. the dirt. Yeah. And now they have these machines that will give you an almost like an x-ray machine. Yeah, ground penetrating radar. Yes. Where they know mm-hmm. there's a pyramid here and a pyramid mm-hmm. here. And yep. There's these pieces of land still that have all these things that appear to be pyramids oh, yeah. underneath it that haven't even been explored Oh, and there's been yet. many stories in archaeology about, you know, a farmer was out in his yeah. thing, and, was, like, all of a sudden he discovers this uh, ancient uh, town right. that was there. <laughs> yes. And a lot in the Middle East, obviously, because that's where humans came from, and that's where the first cities were. Yeah. So before we spread out. So a lot of it is there because it has been a lot of time to be covered over. Right. Yes, mm-hmm. a lot of time to be covered yes. over. I always wonder too, like how careful are they, like when they go, when they find something like this, you know, to uncover these cities. Like, yeah, more and more, more and more careful as time has gone on. Yeah, and you know, but a lot of these sites, you know, were discovered. You know, many like a lot of the Egyptian tombs were discovered by robbers and thieves and were raided and yeah, all the valuables, much of the valuable stuff taken out centuries ago. Right. I always think that's funny because we'll think of like horrific things that we do today, mm-hmm. you know, humans. And we go, I can't believe, you know, mm-hmm. we're this, you know, we're, we're, we're animals still. Mm-hmm. Things are going crazy going oh on. Oh, my God. You know, just, you know, going to uh, the Roman Colosseum when I yeah. visited uh, Italy. Yeah. They were having lions attack people for people to watch. Right, for fun. Yeah, for fun. Right, or gladiators killing each other. Yeah. Like MMA, but real. But real, death. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, the Crusades, you know, okay, and other you know, just horrific things that we've done to one yeah. another over the years. Yeah, yeah exactly. Well, we're kind of we're a violent species. We are a violent species. Sadly. But we act like now we're like real scumbags. We were scumbags for oh, a long uh, time. For, for since we've been created. Yeah. Since we evolved, I should right. say. Sorry. Since we evolved, Eddie. Yeah, we've uh, yeah, but that's the you know, doggy dog world. It is a doggy dog world. All right, Eddie. Uh, my parking is going to expire. Okay. Uh, so why oh don't you say we We're, do uh, twenty-seven minutes in? That's right. 
Uh, let's do the warm-up show. Which, I did that with Peter Schwartz. You did, and you started the whole day off by bringing to light his situation with the uh, ranch dressing. Yes, I saw that on Twitter. At restaurant. In the morning, and, and then uh, it carried on. And uh, throughout our whole show. Whole show. Uh, so you can also listen to the Boomer and Geo podcast to uh, hear all of that. Absolutely. It was terrific. Mm-hmm. So, so, so. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Your official station to talk Yankees. The Fan, 1019 FM and always live on the free Odyssey app. Download it today. Good morning, campers. Alan Jerry. Don't worry, it's only an hour long, and most days it doesn't suck. Oh, good morning there. If you're hearing my voice first, that means Jerry Recco is not here. I'm jo- uh, joined by Peter Schwartz. Hi, Peter. You got to turn your mic on, my friend. There you go. Good there morning. it is. So, Jerry, this is interesting. Jerry is uh, doing the Rutgers game tonight. Yes. In Miami. Yes. But Rutgers flies out the day before. Yes. Then Jerry's doing the game in Miami. It's like a seven o'clock or seven thirty tip off. Then uh, he's going to the airport. Then he's flying back, landing at Rutgers, driving here and working. That's I don't a know pretty... when he's sleeping. That's a pretty dedicated worker to do that. Uh, yes, or I would take two days off. But then you're you're burning two vacation days. You That's know what true. I'm saying? That's but true. I don't know how he's going to roll in here tomorrow and do a show. We're getting too old for this. this a lot is, of coffee. I is guess, Jerry a big coffee drinker? I don't, I don't, see don't even him know. drinking a lot of coffee. He has a coffee when I get in. I see him with a, a coffee. But I don't see him constantly consuming coffee. So I'm going to say no, he's not a big coffee. I can drink coffee and go right to bed. <laughs> right to sleep. I don't know what what is going on. I, I mean, he caffeine... might sleep on the plane a little bit. You it's can't still... get comfortable. Jerry's got back issues. It's a whole you can't thing. Can't cock Peter. out for a couple hours. I don't know. It's not solid sleep. I'll tell you that. Yeah, but a little bit of REM sleep is better than nothing. So he'll be here tomorrow. You're here today. You're doing yes. uh, this with me. Then you're doing updates. And I yes. got to tell you, Peter, I uh, put together a show sheet of just uh, interesting topics that I've seen in the news, that sort of thing. I took a gander at it. 
looking bare today. So I don't know what you're doing going to do for sound, to be honest with you. But that's your problem. Yeah. That's not my problem. I don't want the updates to suck, so I have my work cut out for me to try and be as entertaining as possible. I know there's some things I have to try to find. Yeah, this ain't one of your minute 30 with 16 sponsor updates that you do uh, over on the (laughs) Upside Down, as we call it, the CBS Sports Radio Network. This report is brought to you by Bleepity Bleep. The the Knicks win, the Nets lose, and that's what's happening. That's not going to cut it. (laughs) No. It's not going to cut it, Peter. I got to fill some time. You do. I am very interested, though. I saw uh, that I want to open with this. Uh, I saw you had an issue at a restaurant last oh, night. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You tweeted about uh, an incident at the Miller Ale House in Long Island. Yeah, on Long Island. On Long Island. You had a problem? Yes. Um, What's going so, on over well, there, Peter? Uh, it, was, it was a very troubling night. Well, first of all, we get in there, yeah. and they don't have the Islander game on. Oh, because the Islanders are on a uh, streaming platform last night. What's and the streaming platform? ESPN Plus. Oh, okay. So they need and ESPN they don't Plus. have it at <laughs> Miller's Ale House. I don't know why you can't get ESPN Plus in a... The streaming thing seems to be an issue for some uh, bars and restaurants. Yeah, so I can't imagine that they would have the Amazon football games on Thursday night if they can't get ESPN Plus. I'm sure they don't get it. But that had more of a buzz, the what are bars going to do yeah. for Thursday night football. So yeah. I think a lot of bars and restaurants decided we've got to figure out a way to get Thursday Night Football, even though they've been terrible games. Yeah. But they haven't really thought about local Islander random yeah. games. Well, again, I don't think bar owners are going to care too much about a regular season hockey game, but boys and I, you know, family disappointed, didn't get to see the game. But anyway, whatever. We put it on the phone. We put it on the table. We were able to watch it, a little bit of it. So the the food starts to come out. And we have a server who was not our wait, or our original waitress, just another person that started to bring the food out. And she brings this tray of, of ranch dressing. A tray a, of it. A tray. Like, cause my kids had, you know, buffalo chicken tenders things, and they liked the ranch dressing. Well, as she was trying to put it down, she fumbled it. And it went all over the table, all over me. You were covered in ranch dressing. I was dressing. covered in ranch dressing. I would think that'd be somewhat delightful. I don't like ranch oh, dressing. so other than that. <laughs> I, I think wow. it's disgusting. All right, so now but it's in any covering event, you. It's all over me, and I got to get up, go get cleaned up in, you know, in the bathroom, wipe it off. She never said, I'm sorry. Is that right? She just kept screaming, oh, no, oh, no, oh, oh no. no. That's all. I never heard the words, I'm so sorry, I'm sorry, nothing. So now the food comes out. My son... My son, my younger son's chicken, buffalo chicken tenders, whatever you want to call them, zingers, they call them there. Zingers. Yeah. No buffalo sauce on them. They came out naked. Okay. Naked uh, zingers. That's a that's a problem. So, like, that's wrong. Did she bring the sauce, the buffalo sauce out and pour it on you? No. Oh. No. That I wouldn't have minded because at least you, I like buffalo. That. Well, I would have just, like, licked it up. You know, sure. I would have, that would have been, wouldn't have been a problem. My other son's uh, meal came out with the wrong sauce on it. Oh, my goodness. It. Then my food comes out and it's ice cold. Mm. I'm I mean, literally I took a French fry and cold, ice cold, and it was a chicken sandwich that had cheese on top of it. They must have just like put they forgot about the cheese and they put like this piece of cheese on top of it before they brought it out. It wasn't even melted, mm. so I, we sent it back. Now we didn't ask for a manager. We just said send it back. Manager comes over. Now mind you, three weeks before this, we're there again. And there was a situation where an inordinate amount of time it took to, for the food to come out. We were there over an hour before the food came out, and there was nobody there. 
the same manager comes over. We didn't ask for him. He comes over and says, this seems to be a recurring thing with you people. What can we do to make it right, make you guys happy? That is and awesome. I, and I said, excuse me? Yeah, you, you complain all the time. And I'm like, your, your server spilled ranch dressing all over me. My kids' meals came out incorrectly. My food was ice cold. And he goes, yeah, it's a recurring. We got up and walked out. Not going to be insulted after your service was god awful. I love I love an aggressive manager like that. But he was like, in, like he didn't come over and say, "Sorry, you had a problem." He just came over and said, "This is a recurring incident with you people." So you think and, he glanced out from the back and was like, "These people again, the yeah. Schwartz family <laughs> again, causing trouble uh, at the Miller's house." Maybe you should get your your act together mm. and have better service. Wow! So you walked out. We walked out. Didn't pay for your else. drinks because you get drinks first. Yeah. Just up walked and out. Whoosh. Walked out. Okay. Didn't get an apology for getting doused in ranch dressing. Right. So I would have thought maybe they'd give you a, a like a replacement T-shirt from the Miller Ale House. <laughs> they'd have to find about four of them, sew them together to fit me. But oh, that's I see. okay. So yeah. The larger size. Yeah. Um, All right. So that's. It was uh, very, very unfortunate. So the, uh, you're probably not going back then. Nor are not you to that welcome. Not to that location. No, oh, we go, go to, to another. Go one. to a different one. Okay. We like the restaurant. Oh, it's imagine. not like we don't like going there. We we go there literally like once a week. It'd be so great if the manager switches locations and he's like, <laughs> "Oh no, oh, I got the Comac to get away from them." The Schwartz family is back. Troublemakers <laughs> with their ranch dressings and their barbecue sauce and their naked zingers. Shouldn't really eat out that much, Peter. I'm learning a lot it's about like food. It's like once a week. Oh, once a week. It's okay. once a week. Oh, that's it's, that's it's, fine because the kids like going there, so yeah. we go there. That's but weird. Think, a random Tuesday, you're going to dinner. That should be like a Friday night, nah, Saturday whenever, night. Look, we, we have a busy schedule out. Oh, I mean, between the 72 jobs I have, and, right? And my wife has a busy schedule. The kids are playing sports. You know, we don't busy. really have. A whole lot of availability to go out as a family for dinner. Okay, so when you have so we, time, if it's have a time Tuesday, to make it's a it, Tuesday. Yeah, just a random night. Everybody was okay, All right. you know. So, but yeah, I don't think we'll be going back there anytime soon. All right, fair enough. It Peter. is interesting though that after I tweeted that, the Levittown, uh, the head of the Levittown Chamber of Commerce, reached out to me privately on Twitter. Oh, is that right? And offered his assistance in trying to smooth things out. Oh. With, with, with the, the with the restaurant, well, I, I hope you guys come together and uh, have a meeting of the minds, and yeah. I hope they give you uh, free zingers. <laughs> not not looking for a handout, looking for a meal when we go and real, sit down and have dinner, and nice and warm in the correct meal. and not have ranch dressing dumped All on. Right. That's fair, Peter. Now there was one big sports story yesterday. Yeah, it involved USA beating Iran. Iran, yeah, Iran. You got to roll the tongue, Iran, um, in soccer, and this is good because I listened to a lot of sports radio, and I would put myself in this category as well. I did the same hacky thing. People could not bring up USA versus Iran without bringing up the Iron Sheik. <laughs> Every single I did it. I'm guilty. Guilty as charged. You did it. I clicked on Tiki and Tierney for two seconds. There's Tierney bringing it up. Uh, Evan Roberts brought it up. Every That's our biggest rivalry with Iran is the Iron Sheik. That's all people associate Iran with. That was huge. That was the birth of Hulkamania. It was the birth of Hulkamania. And the death of Bob Backlund. 
yeah, uh, his his career with that that part of his career. Where Bob Backlund was like the champion for like for years. Dec- I, 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 I think it was, it was four dec- years. It was that just that four yeah, years, four or five years back then. Like the WWF would be the same champion for years. So that's why it was super surprising when the Iron Sheik beat him because yeah. no one was expecting that. But it was to bring in, of course, Hulk Hogan. Yeah. To defeat the Iron Sheik. 1984 at Madison Square Garden. the Garden. He gave him the big leg drop, pinned him. If you remember the controversial win by the Iron Sheik, uh, Golden Boy Arnold Skoland, the uh, manager Mm -hmm. of Bob Backlund, threw in the towel, which was also unheard of back then in wrestling. Right. Throwing the towel, it's not even a real thing. No, it's supposed to be like a a pinfall or submission. Submission, and he was in the camel clutch, but he threw the towel. He didn't give. He didn't give up. Right. No. That was probably Bob Backlund was like, I'm not quitting, even for this <laughs> gimmick wrestling thing. But we won. We beat Iran. Now, where do we go from here? We face the Netherlands? Netherlands on Saturday morning at 10 o'clock. That's uh, what they say, a World Cup knockout round. Yeah. So you lose, I think you're the, out. I think the pregame, I saw 10 o'clock on TV yesterday, but they've been very deceptive with the starts of the games. They've oh, been is that telling, right? Yeah, so trying I think to it's, sucker you. Yeah, I think, I think the actual start of the game is at 11 okay. on Saturday morning. I'm not watching this. We have no rivalry with Netherlands. It's still it's a knockout round. I also have no connection to WWE wrestling to a <laughs> Netherlands wrestler. <laughs> but the Iron Sheik was an actual Olympic wrestler for Iran. He was. He yes. was back in the day. I don't think the Iron Sheik was his real name, though. Not his real name, no. but he was an actual wrestler from Iran. Unlike like uh, the Russian wrestlers, they were all like Nikolai Volkov. Yeah, and uh, Ivan uh, uh, Ivan Koloff and uh, Ivan Nikita Koloff. Like they they were all from like America, and they had to be Russians in the yeah. world of wrestling, mm-hmm. and which the affected saddest... their life. You think you had a problem at Miller's? I know. House. Imagine you're Ivan Koloff and you're trying to go with your family, and you're a Russian <laughs> who hates America. If Openly. they dumped ranch dressing on him, oh, you'd have a problem, oh, too. The it. saddest thing about wrestling back then was when Sergeant Slaughter turned out to be yeah. a bad guy. He became for Iran. Yep. Iran, Iran, excuse me. Iran. I got to get that correct. I don't want to get yelled at. Um, and then and then, and Hulk bleed him to, you know, beat him to a bloody pulp. WrestleMania. But we got back at him. We had yeah. Sergeant Slaughter in here as a guest. It was really cool. I heard he's a really nice guy. Yeah, it was very pleasant. He yeah. put me in the... Uh, Cobra Clutch. Cobra Clutch, yeah. yeah. I saw That's a real move. I saw a bloody steel cage match between Sergeant Slaughter and the Iron Sheik at Nassau Coliseum many years ago. Sat ringside for that. <laughs> that was a bloody mess. Oh, he's busted wide open. Yeah. Who was bloody? Both the Sheik. Both of them. Oh, oh, it was a disaster. Yeah. Yeah. Those yeah. guys probably wrestled because back then they do so many of those house shows where the the it was just an arena show. Right, right. So they would just go around the country, beating each other up. They'd the same that, two dudes. They bring that steel cage from city to yeah, city. Yeah, city to city. They do it everywhere. And then when they would go on TV, it was already a well-oiled machine between the two. Yeah, right. And the steel cage matches back then are different than they are now. Like now, if you go to wrestling, you're watching on TV, and it's a, there's a steel cage match. It's suspended from the ceiling of the arena, and then they drop it down. But back then, they actually put the cage together right yeah. in front of you. They said, we're going to have a brief intermission while we assemble the steel cage for tonight's main event. And they would literally come out with like pieces of the cage, yeah. put them together, and that's how they did it. Then they started dropping it down from the top. And it really is just a fence. Yeah. Probably just 
you know, something they pick up at Home Depot or something. Like and then that. the other yeah. era of that wrestling with the steel cage, the wrestlers would come out and not trust the cage, right? So they'd come out and they'd shake it they to, sh- before they get in it to make sure it was like. I remember Superfly Snooka and Magnificent Morocco. They yeah. walk around like shaking the shaking cage and make sure this is fastened in here. Yeah, make sure. And Snooka would always go up to the top oh, of the cage and the do cage. the flyover. Oh. Wow, he, you know, he was phenomenal. He was tremendous. If, if you were a wrestler and you were in a steel cage match, would you prefer to try to go out the door or yes. over top? Well, that was the whole dumb thing about it. <laughs> All you needed to do is drop kick a guy and run right out the door. Yeah, but I guess that wasn't the point. The point was both guys were so angry with each other. They wanted yeah. to, to you know, really pound it out in the ring before they would leave. Yeah. All right, Peter. Well, it's we've broken wrestling. down your Miller Alehouse <laughs> experience, uh, the Iron Sheik, uh, the USA beating it on in uh, soccer. And next we go up against the Netherlands. When we come back, let's talk. I got a Yankees note here. I've got a couple, oh, a bunch of NFL notes, Peter. Mm-hmm. And then I have uh, an interesting uh, story from the art world. Art? Yeah. Okay. That's right. And then a Boomer and Gio. You're very be, sophisticated. Well, this isn't very sophisticated, but <laughs> uh, then at 6 o'clock, Boomer and Geo will be ready to roll right here. What up, y'all? It's your boy Danny Green, three-time NBA champ. You either rooted for me or rooted against me. Join myself and my co-host Harrison Sanford on the Inside the Green Room podcast. It's a podcast that brings you never-before-told tales from the locker room to candid interviews with basketball legends to breakdowns of what's happening in the NBA right now. Whether you're a diehard fan or casual about your hoops, this podcast brings you the game like never before. Follow Inside the Green Room on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Rick Derringer. Remember Rick yes. Derringer? He did Real American. This is Hulk Hogan song when he had to beat up the Iron Sheik. Come on it was on the uh, the wrestling album. Yeah. And you know, this that song was not originally meant for Hulk Hogan. It was meant for Barry Windham and Mike Rotundo. And then oh, is that they right? swapped it out. Because when Hulk first came to WWE, he came out to um, Eye of the Tiger. Oh, and right. then and then they switched to this, right? Because he was in Rocky Three. He was Thunderlips. Now another uh, person who's hopping aboard the America bandwagon and USA USA is the Yankees' Nestor Cortez. He's going to play for Team USA in the yes. World Baseball Classic. I saw. Do it, we play Iran in that or I, no? I don't oh, think love, they play Iran, oh, but I, I did to see beat Iran. some people on social media yesterday. Um, I, I'd have to try and find it and remember exactly what was said, but uh, like questioning why he would play for the United States when he is of other descent. Like, why would he? Do, but he's an American citizen. Yeah, maybe or, he loves America. Yeah, I question as I always do with athletes, and Jerry disagrees with me when this comes up. I don't like my athletes doing anything other than playing in the sport they're paid to do with the team they're paid to do it with. I don't need Nestor Cortez, if I'm a big Yankee right. fan, going out there uh, in the World Baseball Classic against Iran and having one of their their uh, dudes hit a line. Do liner. you really think Iran has a baseball team? I don't. But I like to imagine all these. <laughs> all these. It's the World Baseball Classic. I don't want this guy like, what if he yeah. hurts his elbow, takes a liner off his belly, something. 
Right. You know. Yeah, that's why I, I, and I'm in the minority among hockey fans on this, I don't like the NHL being in the Olympics. Because I think the Olympics are for, quote unquote, amateurs. Yeah, amateurs. Um, so I don't like the, I, and I like it when they have the World Cup of Hockey, which is kind of like the World Baseball Classic. It's right before the season starts. But I get your point. Like, the last thing you want to see is one of your star players getting hurt, which is why I think a lot of people tend to not want to participate in those kind of yeah. things. It's why you don't see the absolute, every single top home run hitter do the home run derby because they don't want to get their, their swing out of whack. And they don't want to get hurt. But it is, you know, it, it is for a couple of weeks at least, you know, an exciting thing to, to see a competition like that. You just I, don't want anybody to get hurt. Yeah, I feel like he needs his rest. Don't be throwing in but, December. But if it's, well, it's not in December. It's right before spring. Spring training and into spring training, oh. so like you could make you could make the the argument that okay, so if Nestor Cortez pitches for the USA, he's going to be pitching for the Yankees in spring training anyway. Now, I see what it's you're not going to be. It's going to be a little more ramped up intensity than maybe starting on you know the third day of spring training against the Rays at Steinbrenner Field. There right. might be a little different atmosphere, but he. It's not like he's wouldn't be getting the work in at Yankee spring training anyway. Right. What was the other thing you were talking about? Oh, the hockey. And you said that you don't like how the we send our pros to the Olympics. Yeah, because listen, you can never have a miracle on ice again. You because, can't have a 1980 American hockey team full of college kids trying to stun the Soviets. But here's the problem. All these other punk countries, and this is why we had to send the NBA dream team over there. Yeah. Because they were all getting high and mighty, having their professionals beat our college kids. No more. We have the dream team. We brought the dream team, and we just smacked around these countries. Didn't they? They were playing. I mean, Charles, we sent Charles Barkley and Michael Jordan, and they just smacked around these tiny countries. It was awesome. The better games Don't doubt would have, us. The better games would have been if they showed on TV these scrimmages and practice between yeah. the USA and the USA college kids. Yes. Because if you there's a great documentary about that dream team, and they talk about how intense – yeah. Those scrimmages were behind the scenes. Yes. They were very competitive amongst yeah. each other. And there was supposedly one time when the college kids beat the 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 pros, right? Yeah. Yeah. And they you didn't hear much about it until the documentary came right. out. It would be kinda like that uh behind the scenes, you know, Rocky versus Apollo, the third the third fight where you don't really know who, who wins the match. Is that right? Yeah, at the end of Rocky Three. I don't remember that. I have such the worst memory when it comes to movies. Like, I have to see a movie. Apollo Creed agrees to train Rocky okay. after Mickey dies. Now, in the rematch it? against Mr. T. Oh, okay. This is Rocky Three. Right in Rocky Three, And then Apollo says, I'm going to train you, but at the end of this, you're going to owe me a favor. And Rocky kept keeps asking him, what, you know, what, yeah, what favor? What favor? Finally, at the end, the two of them walk into a gym, and they get into a ring with no referee, and they they start to have another fight. Oh, really? And you don't know who wins it, who wins the fight, because it just fades out in the. It fades draw. out to a Leroy Neiman, you know, art of the two of them fighting. Oh, yeah. Oh, well, well, I guess we'll never know, Peter. No. We will never know. Now, here's something interesting that's going to happen this Sunday, and I'm all for this. Uh, you know, Deshaun Watson returns. Yes, and he's going to play his old team, the uh, Houston Texans. Grudge match. Grudge match. Now, there's word from uh, the attorney of some of the uh, Deshaun Watson's accusers that about 10 of the women are going to attend the game. They think it's important to make clear they are still here and that they matter. 
Do you think television will cover these uh, women in the stands? I want to say yes to that question. Yeah. I, 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 I'm fairly certain the NFL will get to the, the network and say, you might want to just like not pay any attention. That's what that. I think. That's what I think is going to wind up happening. That's not right. I hope these women show up with signs, chant nasty things at them. You better show yeah. that. You think they got their tickets directly from the teams, or you think they got them on the secondary market? I I'm think getting... this uh, lawyer probably <laughs> scooped them uh, right up on the secondary market. But supposedly they got pretty good seats. Is this game in Houston or in uh, Cleveland? I should know that. I should know it, too. Guy. I don't. <laughs> you know me, Peter. I, I love the I, sports. I, I think see. it's. A, I, I want to say it's in Cleveland. Do, do, fight for your right of every man. Come on, Peter. <laughs> I am a real, real American. It's in Texans. It's, it's in, in it's Houston. Houston. Okay. Yeah, so his that makes the, to Houston. That makes it even more interesting. Yeah, so good for these women. I'm going to be rooting for them, and I'm going to uh, demand. I think that's a CBS game. Should be, yeah. You could never really tell. You used to always know if it yeah. was going to be a CBS or a Fox right. game, and now they, they swap games between each yeah, other. Yeah, it used to be AFC, boom, CBS. Uh, we can bring it up to Boomer and make him uncomfortable. Have him uh, make sure that he talks to the <laughs> yeah. right people. And now you've got situations more and more where the Jets and Giants are playing at the same time. Yeah, which is funny because um, I always hear broadcasters on WFAN talk about it, but the reality is, Giants fans don't really care to watch the Jets, and Jets fans don't care to watch the Giants. So it does make sense that they're. Yeah, but I think there's some. I mean, you have generic football fans. Like I would have an interest to watch. I, I'll watch. But you're the a Giants. sports guy. I know, but like, on, but on Sundays between one and seven, I'm just a sports fan. So I if see. I want to watch the, you know, I want to watch the Giants. So it is weird. It never happened. It used to never. No, no. Years went by. Then it started trickling in. Be like, huh? It's like twice a year the Jets and Giants would play the same time. Weird. And now it's just it happens. Now you don't even think anything of it. No, it happens all the time. It's so on the have regular two TVs if you want to watch them at the same time. Or you just hope that they both show up on Red Zone. That's what I do. I don't have Red Zone. Oh, you got to get it, Peter. It's no, the best. I, I we had a trial of it when it first came out, and it made me dizzy. Yeah, Jerry doesn't care for it either. No, I, I want to watch a game. Right, that's and what you Jerry know, says. And here's the thing, too. is like just like Jerry. One o'clock, give me the Jet game. I want to watch the Jet game with my family. Four o'clock, give me the, the Giant game. If they're not playing, give me whatever the, the America's game of the week is. And then, you know, I go to work at night. So I'll watch the night game where, you know, at, at work. Um, I can't flip back and forth. I don't play fantasy football. I'm very boring when it comes to that. Like, I don't do any of that stuff. So I don't need to concentrate on on 13 different games all at once. Give me my Jet game, give me whatever games at 4 o'clock, and then give me the night game. That's it. You know, if I, you know, if something is important, they're going to show it, you know, they'll, they'll go to James Brown in the studio, they'll go to True. Kurt Menefee, they'll go whoever, Chris Thompson. I'll find out what's happening. Hmm. The problem is, is that there needs to be, and in between, because if you're watching Red Zone, like you said, some people it gets like it's so much you don't know what's going on, right? There's so much they're constantly cutting, and it's like here's a deep bomb, here's a thirty yard run, here's a so there's a lot going on. But if you sit down to watch a just the Jet game, it is so slow with all the commercial breaks and all the stoppage in play. It's so difficult for me to to stay paying attention. Yeah, but then you have. But see, now you have your phone. 
So now, like, the Jet game goes into commercial, I'll say, oh, yeah, what's happening in the Dolphin game? So I'll go look. I can't go back and forth on TV watching a million things. But during the commercial, I'll put, I'll go to my phone and say, oh, the Dolphins are in the red zone, you know? So you can keep track of it. In what? Just your, looking at the just numbers? Just CBS Sports app. But you're not seeing the, them in the red zone, of course. Because no, you're you would, not. But you can you can track on your phone yeah. what's what's going on. Like, you don't need to actually, like, see it all the time on, on your TV. You could be watching a game and know what's going on in the other games without having, you know, the guy go, oh, now we're going to take it to this place, and now we're going to take it to this place. Like, I can't handle that. But I get what happens to me if I'm just watching a game that's so slow. I go to Twitter during a commercial break, just see what other people are saying, and then I get stuck <laughs> in there. And then it's like the game is on. Then even when the game's on, I'm barely paying attention. Well, I did that uh, last week, Jets-Patriots. You're watching the game, and Zach is terrible. You want to see what other people are saying. Before, yes. before you tweet something, you want to make sure you're on the same page as a lot of other people because then you don't want to get like ripped on social media because you've got a bad take about something. I'm like, oh, everybody seems to be in agreement. He sucks today. So so I'll go tweet that as well. I'll just pile right on. <laughs> pile right on. And pile on the poor fella. All right, Peter, let's take a quick break here. When we come back, i got a couple more NFL notes. I've got that art story I wanted to give you. I have a really crazy injury that some dude on the Eagles has that I want to talk to you about. And then a Boomer and Geo, are they going to show up here at 6 a.m. to do their version of Sports Talk? Welcome back to the Wimbledon Program. My name is Al Dukes. Jerry is in Miami. He uh, will be doing the Rutgers-Miami game basketball tonight. Peter Schwartz joins me today on the warm-up program and uh, for updates on Boomerang. Yes, Hito. very exciting. Thank you for having me in. Oh, absolutely, Peter. You know how uh, you know how we go. By the way, I it's got a very, l- very special feeling to be third on the depth chart here the, at the uh, Listen, Mike White yeah. was third on the depth yes. chart. So now, some... number one. Yeah. Now, number one. By the way, many people have reached out to me on Twitter, Peter. I don't know if you saw that. That told me that uh, in the first Creed movie, uh, Rocky tells Apollo's son that Apollo won that fight. Yes, I remember that. I don't think Rocky's telling the truth there. That's what I was thinking. I think he was just, you know. Making his son feel good. Because if you see that scene, you see the look on his face, Apollo won. I don't think he wants to tell Apollo's son that maybe Rocky kicked his ass. You're right in the third fight too. I'm with you on that. I don't. Not, I, I think. I think he. I, I think that's a spur of the moment thing. And Rocky just says he'll tell his son. Yeah, he won. But I tell you, so many people. People DM'd me. People. Oh no, we know that he won. You're right. I, I and I didn't bring that up because yeah. I didn't. I don't think he's being truthful there. Right. I'm with you there. Sometimes you listen. There's nothing. He's got nothing to win there. Let's make the kid feel good about his son, right. or make the son feel good about his dad, mm-hmm. and that he won the fight. Uh, crazy injury for this uh, C.J. Gardner Johnson for the Eagles. This just sounded. He's out indefinitely, Peter, with a lacerated kidney. That sounds very. Does that painful. mean it slices the kid? Like that's what a laceration is, that's right? A cut is a, it's it's a you cut. cut your kidney. Now, how do you do that? Uh, it must have been some sort of, like, impact, right? Right, but if you to cut your kidney, would ha- would that mean that something had to come through your through your body to cut the kidney? You think or, someone stabbed him on the like, field? Like, That's possible. You, well, I mean, yeah, but just think about it. How would you cut the kidney if I you don't can't know. cut through the the skin of your body? First? I don't know if the if if you could have such an impact. Yeah, that is something else. 
pushes up against it and slices Maybe it. Maybe the rib cage. Maybe you got a rib bone that slices the kidney. That sounds incredibly painful. Yeah. And you probably urinate blood. Um, yeah, that sounds painful. And coming from someone who suffered a broken hip a you few did. years back, yeah. You broke uh, your hip? Broke my hip a few years back. Um, and that was painful in of itself. I can't imagine what a lacerated kidney. You think if I Google, how do you lacerate a kidney? I think you could probably Google just about anything. Uh, what causes, this is how I'm going to word it, Peter. What, what causes, causes a lacerated, all I had to type in is lace lacer, and it came up. It came up. Yep. Lacerated kidneys can occur from blunt trauma. Really? Okay. Which is when the body collides with an object that does not enter the body. However, they can also occur from penetrating trauma where the object does enter the body. So uh, a steering wheel after a car crash sometimes causes a lacerated kidney. Well, that would explain it happening in football with the trauma. Yes. So maybe he took a helmet somewhere. Maybe he took someone's shoulder pad into that area. Man, it says it takes about six weeks with minor lacerations. Oh, man, this guy going to be out a while. I guess that's why he's out indefinitely. That sucks. Got into the wrong line of work. Should have been a doctor. Yes, instead of getting your <laughs> kidney lacerated, you help out lacerated yeah. kidneys. This came up a couple of weeks ago, or maybe it was uh, just before. I think it was maybe the week of the Thanksgiving game with the Buffalo Bills. They had, like, a lot of ill players. You know, it was going around, I guess, for some people. But a bug. A bug goes a around. A bug, but for some whatever reason, it's attacking the Buffalo Bills. Again, yesterday, news came out that they're dealing with a mystery illness. And they play tomorrow night against the Patriots. Yes. Mystery Amazon illnesses. Prime. Amazon Prime games. Check out Miller's Ale House for yeah. all of your for Amazon, not watch it. Amazon Prime. <laughs> I bet you they got Amazon Prime game. Um, so I don't know like why certain uh, this seems to be only attacking the Bills. Why is that, Peter? Why do you think? Um, Those... Maybe something in their facility. Maybe there's someone walking around their facility, a staff member, a uh... A worker, or a I would look chef, to, or something like that that might be ooh, ill. And it's, you know, the players have to go into their dining hall and their facility, and, right. and maybe there's someone ill. Maybe there's a, a janitor that's that's not feeling well. That's that's cleaning the the Bills facility. Imagine if you were the chef, because all these teams have like the chefs, right? Yeah, and you're not feeling great, but you're like, I got to go in. I don't have anyone. We don't have a second chef to. I got to feed the Buffalo Bills. And the second chef might not be as good as the first chef. Right. So the the guy goes, I'm going in anyway. Got no one to cover my shift. And he thinks nothing of it. Then two days later, he hears a mystery illness is going around the Bills. He's got to be like, oh, no. no. I've illed (laughs) the Bills. This loss is on me. And I'd love to see him take the podium after if they lose. We're going to talk to the chef who had some sort of mystery illness that he passed on to the Bills. And we will allow you to question him about why he did this to the Buffalo Bills and why he (laughs) gave them a loss. That is my worst fear. Is what? Of going into a locker room. (laughs) You know, if you're covering. Yeah. I cover a lot of Islander stuff. And, like, my worst fear is that I walk into a locker room and sneeze or whatever, even if I don't sneeze. Right, an innocent sneeze. And all of a sudden, Islanders have a. Flu bug, mystery bug, mystery bug. I'm like, oh no, I had the sniffles the other right. day. Did I give? Did, did you I, give the did Islanders? I, did I give Matt Martin the sniffles? Right. Oh, no, I hope I didn't do that. Yes, you. So you do think of that. So I think now, especially with what we've been through the last two and a half or so years, 
if you're not feeling well, you probably yeah. shouldn't be around people. I still, I get so annoyed if I'm somewhere like at a restaurant and someone sneezes. And I've sneezed in a restaurant. Yeah. But it bugs the crap out of me because I feel like, is that person ill? Did they come here knowing they were ill to spread their germs? But you do realize, of course, and listen, I'm not minimizing what people, you know, could have or could not have, but we are, we, I, I think for the, uh, in a lot of ways we're to the point where you, you can be you can't have a cold now or you can't have a sneeze mm-hmm. without it being the c word. No, I understand that, but it still will get you sick. Yeah, it can get you sick, but it's not. I don't know if you heard. There's a mystery illness going around the Buffalo Bills. <laughs> it's like a I was mystery. In Target last week, and it's walking around, and I sneezed, I sneezed, and some lady looked at me like I had. Like, <laughs> like I had like the plague, and That's I'm like, me. I just I sneezed. That would have been you. Yeah. So if I walked past you at Target and I sneezed, you would have looked at me with like look, a death stare. This guy, like this lady, looking at me a death stare because I sneezed. And it's not like I, it was. I felt it coming. I, yeah. I, I, you tried I, to do I, the. Mm. Yeah. I tried to do that, yeah. but then I put my my arm up. I you know I sneezed into my arm, and it's not like I went, you know, like out in the open like that. Worse than the sneeze now, though, loose cough. If you've got a loose cough and you're in Target <laughs> or in a restaurant when I'm in, I'm, security. Ah, I'm like, this guy's got a loose cough. Get him out of here. Out of here. <laughs> By the way, Aaron Rodgers says he plans to play. I saw that, yes. He got some scans on his ribs. Luckily, those ribs didn't lacerate a kidney. I believe he uh, said that on the Pat McAfee show. Yeah, Pat McAfee show. Yeah. Um, Hopefully that audio is in the system. It's not going to be in the system. You have to go get it. That's yeah. what Jerry does. you you got to go fishing for it. Yeah. Uh, the interesting thing is, I wonder if the Packers were hoping he something showed up where he couldn't play, just so they could see Jordan Love a little bit more. Although he's getting all the money right now, Aaron yeah. Rodgers. At some point, he's not going to be the Packers' quarterback anymore. Yes. So, I mean, you might, and they're out of the playoff race. So, right. you might as well. Like, I, I know you. It'd be hard to tell Aaron Rodgers you're not playing, but I mean, yeah. I think you have to know what you have, right? I would think so. He and that Lafleur fella—they don't seem like they're on the same page. Which Lafleur is that in uh, Green that Bay? Is, that is um, Matt, Matt Lafleur and Mike, Mike Lafleur is, is the Jets? Jets' offensive coordinator. Yeah, yeah. I feel like the the Packers would be like, mm, you know what? They should have just said, "Listen, tell the guy his ribs out of his ribs pointing the wrong way, and he can't play this week." Yeah. I mean, I saw, you have to find out what the other guy is going to do. Yes. I did see a photo that you posted recently, Peter, of uh, you in the locker room with uh, Darrell Revis. Yes, that was from many years ago. From many years ago. And a young Jerry Recco is also. Yes, he was only on the left side of that picture. Yeah. Were you guys competing with each other for sound back then? I At that point, that picture, if you notice in the picture, I am holding a serious NFL radio wow. microphone. Uh, I thought that was pre-satellite radio days. Uh, no, I had uh, so that was 2007. That was shortly after my um, exodus from the other sports station in town. Mm-hmm. They threw uh, you right out. Yeah, that's a story that I'm going to put in a book one day, or okay. maybe if anybody the ever Peter wants. Peter Schwartz book. Yeah, uh, I don't, I'll discuss it if anybody ever wants to ask me about it. But we don't have time to get into that whole thing. But in any event, uh, it was not a good divorce at all. But it's a story for another day. But yes, uh, so I'm I'm standing there to the right, and a, a photographer friend of mine took that picture and gave it to me, um, you know, a couple of weeks later. 
and Revis actually, I posted it, Revis reacted to it. Said, oh, oh really? it's a good picture of you and me. Really? Yeah. So The one when you recently posted The it? one that I just posted yeah. when I said, uh, you know, congratulations on getting into the Ring of Honor. And he reacted to it. He's oh, like, thanks. That's that. a great picture of the two of us. That is a cool But that picture. is. And then I realized, I subsequently tweeted when I realized that, that was Jerry Recco to yes. the left. Um, no, I don't. I would not say FAN and Sirius at that moment would be competitors. No. I think if I was still working for the other station. Competitors. Um, yeah. Kind of like. I worked there when Kevin Burkhart covered the Jets for the fans. Oh, and you guys were battling it out. What's he been up to? Oh, where did he go? <laughs> I wonder what came of him. I don't know. He's disappeared. Well, we became, we became very good friends when yeah. we were competing Jet reports. Sure. Because you see each other all the time yeah. around there. I was surprised. Like, when I talked about the, I told Jerry about this photo. I sent him the photo in case he didn't see it. And... Uh, I can't believe that whole Revis thing was in 2007. 2007. That seems like not long ago. I mean, people still showing up to games in Revis jerseys. Yeah. And they're not well, even that, he, that was his rookie. That's his rookie year. Oh, that's when he, he first came in. That's his rookie year. He was actually a holdout. You know, he's known for a few holdouts. Oh, right. But he actually was a holdout his first year in training camp. And I, I want to say that photo was taken his first day of practice. It looked like a lot of reporters around him. It was you a bunch a young of people. Jerry Recco. Yes, a young Jerry Recco. A very young, spry Jerry Recco. So, yeah, that was fun. That yeah. was fun. And uh, Jerry Jones says uh, that whole thing about OBJ on the plane, no problem. No problem with them signing him. Like, he doesn't care. He just wants he wants to win a Super Bowl. He wants to win, baby. So, he will just risk win. any potential OBJ incident yeah. On the field because just get him. They want him. Get him here. And I think that's they'll, where he'll wind up going. They'll have some solid wide receivers with that. They'll have OBJ, Amari uh, Cooper. Cooper. Is Amari Cooper? And you got, yeah. And you got Dalton Schultz. Tight Dalton end. Schultz. You got uh, CD Lamb. Yep. I think Amari Cooper's on the Browns. Let me Google that, Peter. Probably should know that. Yeah. If Gio's saying yes, he's on the Browns. <laughs> yeah. They've got uh, Michael Irvin down there. I mean, they've got Mike. a lot of guys, Peter. Drew Pearson. Drew. All <laughs> oh, those are classics. Pearson, Tony Hill, that was a combination. <laughs> I love that uh, Schultz guy, though, the tight end. You know that when he was unsigned, he was Schultz. a restricted free agent. I think they had to franchise him, whatever. My son, after last season, Boy, I would love to have the Jets get Dalton right. Schultz. I'm like, I don't think the Cowboys are just going to let him go. Yeah, no, they're not. Yeah, so, He's no. a key. All right, let's take a quick break. Uh, Boomer and Geo at the top. First, Peter has this. Yes, I want to let everybody know, coming up right here is a sports minute. Oh, okay. As Amy Lawrence talks about the United States advancing at the World Cup. We beat that around. It's the dynamic duo of Al and Jerry. The superheroes of WFAN. We only have mere seconds to go here, Peter. You've taken up all the time. We were talking too much about wrestling before. Oh, a lot. Uh, listen, I would be in for a 1980s wrestling podcast. WFAN. WFAN FM. WFAN FM HD1. New York. Always live on the free Odyssey app.